hate doing dishes by hand. I know. <laughs> so over it. We should have an episode that's entirely about doing dishes by hand. Oh, I hate doing dishes by hand. All right. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> Sorry we missed you last week. Uh, we've been battling some colds internally and life's been crazy, but we are back at it this week. Make sure yeah. we make it a priority. We had some weird house stuff come up, too. A leaking yeah. dishwasher can cause a big mess. Oh, yeah. So we had that. That's right. That all yeah. happened last week. I think week. that's why last weekend was just madness. Yeah, nuts. So we had a... Um, so Amber started noticing some... This is a good point why communication and marriage is so important. Um, Amber was like... Uh, t- saying there was water coming up through the floorboards i was like oh it's always wet right here it's probably just the sink like when we do dishes and it's dropping on the floor and <laughs> so let's, let's like a week uh, or two go by yeah. and i'm like it's still there. it's still there and i literally get on my hands and knees and i start pushing on the floorboards and i see beads of water come up through the cracks of the floorboards i'm like no i'm not yeah. crazy get on the floor and look at the in several areas too so this wasn't just isolated areas but yeah the dishwasher was slowly leaking under all the floorboards um probably since we moved in so for like three months Mm -hmm. and they had to like hazmat tape off the kitchen and pull up floorboards and pull out the dishwasher all sorts of anyway it was craziness big mess but honestly the builders have been awesome they've been really taking care of us they were like hey save your receipts this weekend as they're doing the remediation and everything and yeah. They're ripping everything out, putting everything new back in. So they've been really great. I've been really, yeah. I haven't had to worry about it, which is nice. So we haven't been like super upset about anything just because. The point of the story great. is I'm not crazy. Yeah, she's not. She's not crazy. Guys, not crazy. listen crazy. to your wife. Even when you think she's crazy, she's not crazy. <laughs> so I apologize for my voice. I'm getting over losing my voice this past week. So if I sound super awesome today, but not every other day, then that's why. So. It's a really sexy, raspy voice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, today we're going to talk about finances and how mm-hmm. you tackle those as a couple, yeah. challenges that we've personally faced as a couple and how we have mm-hmm. worked through those. By um, the way, but, check out our super cool mugs that Amber got, hubby, wifey, for the you. hubby, wifey hustle. How cute is that? I mean, and I basically, I, I don't know who got them first, us Not. or Rachel and Dave Hollis, but either way, we have <laughs> matching mugs. The yeah. point is, I don't know who had them first, but, but yeah. it's pretty cool. Finances. Given that it's tax season, we thought it might be a good topic, especially finance and marriage. We've done finance mm-hmm. and business, how we kind of deal with that. So we might touch on that a little bit. But yeah. this is such an important, such an important aspect of any relationship is financial. Yeah. We were both waiters and waitresses in the food industry when we were engaged. We were between jobs. Both of us were jobless like a few months before our wedding and trend, like in between jobs. So it's not like we married into a comfy situation. We definitely came from Mm -hmm. nothing or just like minimal like minimal um and had to learn to save and make the right moves and build up and to make um a comfortable lifestyle knowing that we wanted children and everything like that yeah definitely and i just looked this up so get this um Two to at least two studies show that finances could lead to divorce. This is really mm-hmm. important. Data released by financial firm TD Ameritrade found that 41% of divorced Gen Xers and 29% of baby boomers said they ended their marriage due to disagreements about money. So Crazy. if you value your relationship, that's like one in every three people. So if you're in a room sitting with two other people, one of you will get divorced 
because of finances because you're not having these conversations. Stress of money is like very straining mm-hmm. on a relationship. And that's why, you know, one of the biggest questions that I, I find a lot of, especially younger couples, like if you notice like married, people are getting married later and later in life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, not discrediting that. But when I ask people like, why are you waiting? Like if this is a person, do you know you want to marry them? Yeah, I want to marry them. Why are you waiting to get married? Number, without a doubt, the number one thing that I hear as a reason why they don't want to get married is because they don't feel like they're personally financially stable. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. Like, I get it. You want to have you, you want to have an income flow. You want to have the house laid out. You want to be able to provide. Yeah. But see, there's a difference between like someone's desire to provide and then not getting in, not getting married just because you have a personal desire to have some sort of material, um, some sort of material status or some sort of material like uh, foundation or security. Yeah. Because the reality is like material security can go away like that. It just it'll disappear, and that can go through any time in your yeah. life. And if you're not adept at how you deal with those situations with mm-hmm. your spouse, that's where this divorce rate I think yeah. comes from. What's cool is when you see a couple that can't, you know, was living a comfortable lifestyle, was making good money, and then that person loses their job, mm-hmm. something happens, they get injured and can't work. How do they deal with that after being married, after having lived a certain lifestyle and being used to that, you know, then having to adjust? Yeah, um, and start from scratch again and that's like a true test of a relationship totally like so. we i mean we were dead bro oh well, we weren't dead broke we were broker pretty broke. we were pretty i broke. was in debt when we yeah were married. we were jobless when we got married <laughs> um yeah we re- literally were i i lost my i no, i quit my job and then we was tried to go jobs. back i was at a sham of a company and uh i quit because they were just shady as i'll get out and i would try to go back to the restaurant that i was at but they didn't take me back because i was an idiot and left on dumb terms so um so i didn't get so i was jobless literally a month before our wedding and then you i was were just moving in between just moving. jobs yeah yeah well you were at christian's garden at the time and then you lost that job right yeah but i had another one like yeah another one lined up yeah yeah so we were pretty broke and then we had already we we're planning this wedding and then you know it, we had some money in our bank account thank goodness but it still was a big challenge, you mm-hmm. know, because I mean, it's it, there was no doubt in my mind that we wanted to get married and we were going to get married, but we weren't going to stop it just because we weren't yeah. financially stable or secure because we knew that we were good, you know? So those were personal struggles um, we had starting out. I had gone to a private college and so I had thousands of dollars in student loans when we were married and I was just kind of oblivious oblivious as to how much I had in student debt I was like I yeah. don't know I have some loans and I you consolidated them how you told me I was this like was awesome I consolidated them into like one so it'd be easier to pay but like it's, it's not too bad I pay you know my parents were able to help me out for maybe like half of it and um, you know we have time type of thing and then yeah. I get one bill in the mail I'm like here's yeah. my student loan bill this is manageable he's like okay cool then we get another one in the mail and this is like for the other yep. so it was just and it added up to like $40,000 so entering into this marriage I knew we were going to go 40000 or I was going to go $40,000 of debt right we were going to start with that because I was debt free like I, I didn't have any debt I like was working through college. Like I had a nice little savings saved up. Like, but he assumed my debt as if it was his debt, which was very yeah. sweet. He's like, okay, my money's your money. Your debt's my debt. We're doing the joint account thing. Mm-hmm. So, so that brings uh, up a really good point. Let, joint account versus non-joint account. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like, I don't know. Joint accounts always been like 
like we're one. This is like our money. We're always going to operate that way. What reasons do you think people like don't get joint accounts when Some they get married? Some people like to keep like an individual account. That's like maybe their fun money and the other mm-hmm. person's account is like for bills. They just like keep it separated. There's all sorts of reasons why people keep it separate. Some people like to know that the money they've earned is spent on something specific and the other person... I don't know, maybe just doesn't want to share that specific income for like, you know, monthly expenses. I don't know what it is, but um, some people like to keep their individual, I don't know, some people like to keep it separate and it's totally personal preference. For us, I always knew that I kind of wanted a joint account thing. I like the trust that it builds. Yeah. Um, just yeah. knowing it's all going in and out of one place. I just think, you know, it's funny. I know couples who started off with separate accounts mm-hmm. and then after like a year or two, they were like, we're combining everything. This yeah. is just, it's too much it's of a easier. hassle. It it opens you, yourself up for like not communicating. It really does. And then that can become a part yeah. of the struggle. It keeps you accountable too. You can both see what's going in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love... <laughs> so i'm not a numbers person i hate math and i hate budgeting like i'm horrible at it and when i met him he's like so what do you do to budget i'm like i don't know i like put my checks in there and then i just like don't spend a lot and i always seem to have enough like that's just like yeah but i was like just working waitressing through college so i just I didn't have a ton of expenses, mm-hmm. but I had some, and I just had no clue what I was doing. Yeah, so thankfully, <laughs> my dad's a big numbers guy, and he's a pretty analytical dude. Um, so he, it, like, when I was in college, just started college, he had a budget sheet that he used for household expenses, and he gave me made me a copy of it at, so I could start just budgeting out in a very simple sense. I'm, like, renting mm-hmm. a space, you know? And, um, and so I carried that in, and it, it's honestly one of the best things that you could do. No. It is a challenge up front. It is a challenge up front because you got to be disciplined about every month, doing putting your in budget. your expenses, doing your budget, but it really helps you see where your money's going. Because yeah. if you don't, you have this problem where it's like, yeah, well, if it's in the account, I have it. If it's not, I don't. And what that doesn't allow you to do is it doesn't allow you to save. It doesn't allow you to plan. Yeah. Because if you're living check by check, day by day, um, you know, or month by month, to, you yeah. know, it's, yeah, it's more stressful and you're not really thinking about what's going to happen down the road. Like you don't have mm-hmm. that in place. That's a really important thing. So he to had to, one thing we did is he had to sit me down and go through the budget and I was just like, it was grueling. I was like, oh, this is so boring, mm-hmm. but it was good for me to like, see how he does it, see where we're breaking up the money, what we're putting into savings, what what's going to taxes. And we have a separate tax account just yeah. to put like, as soon as we get money in, we automatically take a chunk out and put it into a tax account yeah. we automatically take a chunk out put it directly into savings so we never even touch it we put it into a 401k or an ira or um yeah. you know the kids savings whatever it is so that you have no opportunity to spend that money yeah and here's a spoiler alert you're never going to have enough money yeah. like you, <laughs> like so isn't. there never is enough so when you're holding off on getting <laughs> married you're holding off on having kids you're holding off on doing x y and z because you don't have the money the reality is you're never going to have enough. So we went to Europe before we got married, okay? And I it think was just I had, a bucket list thing we had to do. Yeah, it was. It was and so just, it was like we both were ready. We were in that place. We'd and never so been. We went to Europe. And I remember Amber coming to me. We had like five days left on our trip. She's like, I don't have any money in my bank account. Like, like I've run out of money. We need to go home. Yeah, thing. we like, need to go home. I and I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Like, I'll take care of we you. We were only dating at this point. Yeah, I said, I'll just I'll just float you for the rest of it. You can pay me back. It was only like three days left, actually. It was like yeah. the tail end of the trip. So, 
but like I don't know that just like goes to like how we are like we want to we'd rather invest in experiences even if that means you bought it because you're always going to have the opportunity to potentially make more money yeah. um, you if, spend... if you're disciplined enough and you're 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 aggressive enough like you will find ways to make more money and so to hold off on life events or life experiences just because um, you or like the smarts of life in terms of like investing mm-hmm. in retirement and stuff looking forward in the future to hold off on doing that just because you're so in the now when it comes to what your money is, like not having that planning engine, all it's going to do is set you up for disaster down the road because it's not going to allow you to um, achieve ultimately what you want in life. The goals that you would potentially have if you sat back yeah. and actually looked at your life and you're like, where do I want to be in 10, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road? When do I want to retire? If you're not asking those questions, mm-hmm. you're never going to be thinking about that until 20 years down the road. You're like, shoot, I wish 20 I years ago yeah. I should have had those conversations. And with there's myself. wisdom and there's wise things you can do too before tax season. Like throughout the year, you guys <clears throat> should be keeping your receipts. If it had anything yeah. to do with business expenses, um, you need to be writing stuff off and keeping track, keeping receipts, keeping yeah. a log of everything you spent that can like look up all of the regulations and stuff and see what can you write off. Cause there are a lot of things mm-hmm. that can put money back in your pocket yeah. come tax season. So I break things out just so for those who are aware and they're like, how do you budget? Like, what do you even start? I break, you break it up into two categories. Okay. You break it up into what well, you bring in, you mark all your income, right? What's coming in and you break it into two categories. You have your fixed expenses, right? Right? These mm-hmm. are the things you cannot change because they are fixed. They are There's nothing you can do about them. And that's going to be things like your mortgage or your rent. It's going to be things like your car insurance. You have to have it. You can't do it without it, right? Yeah, monthly expenses. But then you're going to have your variable expenses. And these are the things that can fluctuate over time. These are the things like cable, whether some some people might think it's a fixed expense. It's not. It's a variable expense. Hmm. And so that's a that's a really important thing to think about. It's fixed in the sense if you're committing yourself to it, yeah, you got to pay it every month. But it's variable in the sense that you don't need it. You don't need it, right? You need hmm. gas for your car. You need a roof over your head out here. That's Those are fixed. Like you can't yeah. do without those. But- these variable other things are very like getting my nails done or, yeah. you know, um, well, groceries is fixed, but having a budget for groceries is smart. We, ours keeps changing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but and it will change, it'll fluctuate. Yeah. And, and the point is, you like to be really disciplined about it, and mm-hmm. it's so important to be disciplined about it. You got to know what's yeah. coming in, Eating and you got to know what's going on. variable, though. Yeah, your Starbucks coffees <clears throat> that you pick up are variable income or expenses. and. Yeah. Things like that. So, yeah. So, some of the big struggles that we've had financially just in the course of our marriage um, has really been like student loans. That was the first thing I remember distinctly. She mm. came in, she's like, hey, here's my here's my thing. It's uh, $24,000. I was like, oh, okay, this is not bad. <laughs> like, it's worse than I thought, but it's, like, it's not terrible. It's doable, right? And then she goes back with another $13,000 one and $8,000 one or whatever it was and add up to like $40,000. It's like, okay, do you have any more? <laughs> She I didn't don't think so. So you have a choice to make it those times. You can freak out or you just you buckle down and you figure it out. It's like, great, let's figure out how we're going to do it. And the way we did it, you know, we did it without even notice, uh, knowing we were doing it. But if anybody's familiar with Dave Ramsey and his seven baby steps is what he calls them um, to becoming debt free. It's really they're really clever in terms of how they're laid out. But one of the first things you do is you snowball your debt and yeah. you snowball everything that is basically not your mortgage. Yeah. Everything that's not your mortgage, you snowball it, meaning you throw everything at it. 
and you, you go can. on wieners and hot dogs until you have that. So done. if we ever had a month where we had something extra that we made, we would throw it at the student loans. And then finally, towards the tail end of the loan, after paying a little extra each month when we, when we could, yeah. we wrote a really big fat check and just paid off the rest of it and brought our savings account lower than than we would have I think have we left. only had like $500 left in yeah, our savings. Yeah, we like account. bottomed out our savings yeah. to pay off these loans to you know cuz you're like paying like a $13,000 check or something. Yeah, it was like 11 or $13,000. We just were like here, yeah. take it. Like we're done paying interest. Yeah. We're so over it. But, and, but I'm know, I don't regret it. No, I don't either. And yeah, you know it's funny, we had a conversation it. back when we were going to do that. We were making the decision to do it and we had to mutually agree upon that. <laughs> and I said, "You know what? 5 years from now, I don't think we're going to look back on this time and think, "You know what? I wish we didn't pay off those student loans. It feels really good being debt free. Once we paid that off, yeah. I was like, ugh, like a weight is lifted off your shoulders. It's amazing. Yeah. So. so the baby steps that he talks about, just for those aware, and you know what's interesting? We were snowballing and we didn't even know we were doing the Dave Ramsey thing but until later. But Dave Ramsey talks about first you need to build up, um, and I might be getting this out of order, so I'm not a Dave Ramsey expert, but um, you need to build up a safe, an emergency fund. So a $1,000 emergency fund, this is for anything that could go wrong, you yeah. know, that's just unexpected. You have a nest, a, you know, a nest egg, so to speak, 1000 bucks. Figure out how to get 1000 bucks. You can make 1000 bucks by scrapping your $5 Starbucks three days a week. And that gives you 15 bucks, you know, it gives you 50 bucks a month that you could do. You could get that, you know, down fairly quickly over the course of a year. So even if you're strapped for cash, there's ways that you can, you know, sacrifice certain things to build this up. But emergency fund. The next step is getting six months of expenses put away. Mm -hmm. So you add up whatever your fixed and variable expenses are and then multiply that by six, right? And that is going to be your six month nest egg. That's, That's the thing that- like a cushion. It's a cushion. Have. So if you ever lose your job, you know you're good for six months. Yeah. It, there's so much wisdom in that. Six months, making sure you're taken care of. And the next thing is you snowball your debt. You get rid of the debt. You throw everything that you can at your debt, right? And this goes in. This boils into car loans. This boils into student loans. This boils into credit card debt. And a lot of people are suffering with credit card debt. We've been very fortunate that we haven't ever had credit card debt. We just don't. We never relied on our credit cards that heavily. We're always totally. But there's a lot of people that do. Yeah. And it's it's a stressor. I know people personally. The and interest that is, rate's insane. It's nuts. I was looking at our interest rate. Do you know how much our interest rate is? Mm. 26%. Yeah, that's crazy. 26%. Like that's absolutely bonkers. On a thousand bucks, you're paying $1,300 almost. $300 in interest. Like it's nuts. Um, and so that's the next step of snowball your debt. From there, he goes into, like the only debt you should carry is your house, your mortgage. Yeah. The next thing he says go into is you go into um, putting away for your kid's college fund, mm -hmm. right? And then, or no, before you even do that, I think it's putting into retirement, like putting into 401k, IRAs, putting into your kid's college fund, and then paying off your mortgage, right? So those are like some of the mm -hmm. steps. I, th I have them all, I think, and I might be missing one. Yeah. But um, th there, there's a lot of wisdom in that. I think one thing too that especially newlyweds um, struggle with is keeping up with the Joneses, like oh, having yeah. the latest cell phone, having the coolest car. So you want to lease your car yeah. versus like buying certified used or mm -hmm. um, you have to have brand new that loses value the second it goes off the lot or there are just so many things like the latest yeah. uh, trendy outfit or purse. Or you want to buy from boutique clothing yeah. outlets as opposed to going to Target. Or you want to buy from that shoe manufacturer as opposed to and going to Target it, or Amazon. More right? power to you. Yeah. Like you you do you. But <laughs> if you are struggling um, 
and you do it anyway, that's yeah. when the debt creeps in and then you're you're underwater and you're yeah. like, how did I get here? And a good way to think about this, I heard this put this one time. You'll, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, babe, but yeah, Warren Buffett, I believe, is the one who coined this. He said, yeah, you know, um, that whenever I think about like whether or not I should spend something or whether or not I should invest something, I just think about the $40,000 haircut. The $40,000 haircut. And his point being, a haircut costs what? 20 bucks? Okay. But his point being, if you took that $20 and you put it in an investment account over the course of 30 years or whatever, it would become a mature to $40,000. So he thinks about it in terms of that. That's an investment mindset. And not everybody's got that or not even, not everybody's going to be aware of that. But what's the opportunity cost of that extra latte a week? And this is something we've had to like balance. We go in waves, right? We love getting coffee. But it costs, (laughs) every time we go, it costs us 10 bucks. Because the kids want stuff too. And then the kids, that's 15 because kids (laughs) want their smoothie, right? 15 bucks. We do that three times a week. That's $45 a week. That's almost 200 bucks a month that we're spending just in coffee, right? So we gotta. those are sacrifices that you got to make. And you got to figure out what the balance is. And this isn't to say that you don't enjoy life. Yeah. You got to enjoy life. You yeah. should, but you got to balance it. You can't have those pleasures and those luxuries as if they're staples in your every single day, yeah. When you, especially when you're struggling financially. And one thing that we like to do, because we do like to enjoy life, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Just savor it a little bit once in a while, especially when we do our random international trips to oh, yeah. Italy. But you need to sacrifice now in order to enjoy future pleasures yeah. and, and achieve long-term goals. So if you're like, we want to go to do this lavish yeah. trip in three years, you need to sacrifice now totally. to pay off or to be able to afford that trip in three years. Or yeah. you need to sacrifice now, take a little out of each paycheck to put away for retirement in the future so you can be comfortable later. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And you know, there's there's so much, there's so much wisdom in that. And uh, to the keeping up with the Joneses thing too, I think one of the things I see, and this, everybody's world's a little bit different depending on who you have around you, your work environment, so on and so forth. Um, one of the places I work, and I, I've dealt with this, this FOMO idea, right? Um, one of the places that I've, uh, that this fear of missing out, this keeping up with the Joneses is very real is the car game, right? I, I work with a lot of people who've got a lot of really nice cars. I think a lot of them are leasing them. But then I look at our cars and I'm like, our cars are paid off. Mm-hmm. And we don't owe a dime right now. Yeah. And my car is, I think, it 2012. It may not be like a 2020 yeah. latest edition, yeah. drives itself, Tesla. Yeah, but-, <laughs> but it works. Like, I mean, I have a yeah. 2012 Toyota and Amber's got a 2015 Ford. And like, they, they do their job great. And they're really nice cars, like when you really look at it. And so part of this idea of managing your finance as well and ke- dealing with the keeping up with the Joneses is being all right, being where you're at. Or not just spending knowing, above your means. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is knowing like where you. What I just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, not spending above your means. So basically, yeah. not trying to be here when you can only afford to be here. You know, um, it's better to just stay comfortable rather than mm-hmm. being stressed out every month because that causes tension between you and your spouse. Yeah. Those are uncomfortable financial budgets, you know, discussions. But if you're open and mm-hmm. and I love it when he does this, he'll be like, babe, it's going to be a little tighter this month because of this random expense and we have our hospital bill coming from the baby. And so yeah. we're just going to like reel it in, pull in the reins this month. I'm putting in more towards 401k yeah. or whatever. Just watch your spending this month. And that gives me a good mental note of like, okay, I'm not going to go indulge in like a random shopping spree day at at TJ Maxx. I'm Mm going to hold off on going to Target because I already know what that's going to (laughs) do. So it just, it's a good mental like awareness. Like 
that communication is important because otherwise I wouldn't know that this month is going to be tighter. I just thought of the, I don't know if you, have you seen the video that's been going around the Holderness family? The one of the target, the the target dads. dads. Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) It's so good. The target dads are basically watching TV in the parking parking lot, lot, waiting for their wives. It's really the Holderness family. Uh, They they do a lot of really funny videos. They're a good Chill, chill fam. So, um, but this is yeah, the longest uh, hubby wife hustle we've done yet. You know what? This is an important topic. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys are still watching. Um, you know, on the sacrifice for long term goals, I got a challenge for everybody here. I love challenges, and I challenge you. Please say challenge accepted. Um, but the challenge is, I want you to write down kind of what you're what you want to do in five years. Maybe that's pay off your car. Maybe that's you want to take an international trip. Maybe that's you just want to have a vacation you haven't taken one in ten years. Or take your spouse out for a really fancy date Mm -hmm. or, um, yeah. So write down what that is. Write down what that is. And in the spirit of that, just to run a test so you could see what the power of sacrifice is really like, we're we're coming up to actually the Lent season. For those of you who aren't aware what Lent is, these happen. Okay, here, go back. Sorry, guys. This is parent life here. Well, your um, phone's frozen. Yep, yeah, started over. <laughs> um, so we're coming up to Lent, which is the prepper forty days of preparation before Easter. This is the season where you're, as, as Christians, we we were called to kind of go into this penitential um, time and this time of preparation, this time of real reflecting on where we might have a lot of these earthly attachments. And so this is a really powerful season to do this. But mm-hmm. one of the things you do is you give up something that's a luxury or a pleasure. And the point of doing that is so you can uh, refocus that energy and those efforts. And so this might be, a lot of people give up things that are like chocolate or coffee or something like that. But I know people that have given up like coffee. I'm not drinking any coffee out. I'm only having coffee in the house. We should do that more. And this is a great, <laughs> you know, she's looking at me because she knows what that means. Um, and this is a really good opportunity. Um, if you haven't done like a discipline sacrifice thing when it comes to some of these simple luxuries, Try it for 40 days. Try it for 40 days leading till Easter. Start next week. Ash Wednesdays on Wednesday. And so that's when the season starts. So you can start then, start in March. Just try it for a month even. Maybe it's not something you do for Easter, but start with March 1st. Don't go out and get a $5 latte at all for the entire month. And actually, in fact, every time you have the urge to do it, take that $5 and put it into a jar. And then at the end of the month, take those dollars and then put it into an investment account. Smart. Or put it into your savings. Start building that emergency fund. So these are simple ways to really get at it. I like that. I like cool. That challenge. Awesome. So do it. Write it in the comments below. Let me know what your thoughts are on that challenge and what you're going to be doing. And we'll hold you accountable. You hold us accountable. And if you haven't done we'll your taxes done. yet, like us, yeah. go do your taxes. We need to do that. <laughs> All right. So with that said, uh, that's Thanks for much. tuning in, guys. Oh, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time, next Sunday. Again weekly so definitely hit that subscribe button wherever you might be listening at so that we can get more of this awesome hubby wifey hustle content yep and we'll see you guys next time see you next time thanks bye